0: Hello, lovely people. I hope everybody's feeling good, feeling wonderful, feeling beautiful. On this episode 4. It is April 9th. And it is feeling good today on this beautiful Friday. This is the Goody Jar Blog presents story time with Naya Good. <laughs> That's me. A plethora of delicious stories and topics. And this is episode four, season one. Listen, I started this podcast as an extension of my The Goody Jar blog. And because it was about damn time, you know, I got a little background in radio and television broadcasting. So it's about time that I make my own platform because, you know, the corporate world ain't for everybody now. Definitely not for me. <laughs> I've always dreamed of having my own radio show or something comparable so boom here i am shout out to my beautiful god sister for lighting the fire under me because you know sometimes it takes certain people to light that fire. fire. anyways i like to start off with a little bit about me here's another random fun fact about me guys i've been in four stage plays here on episode four let me talk about these four stage plays i ain't gonna talk about all of them though Only the one that I actually have an IMDb credit for and the one that I actually have a DVD of. If you guys watch the video on YouTube of this podcast, you'll see, there's me right there. There's me right there, anyways. Yes, I've been in four stage plays. One of which is available on Amazon Prime as a stage play movie. And it's called Tempest, spelled T-E-M-P-E-S-T. I have the link in my bio on Instagram, so if y'all trying to see what that be like, click the link in my bio on Instagram and you can get right to that movie. I played this woman named Deborah, who was meaner than a bitch. Crazy mean. Lynn Whitfield mean. Okay, black people know who Lynn Whitfield is. (laughs) A thin line between love and hate when she snapped. But yes, this play was phenomenal too. I had so much fun and it was so random how I even you know, even got this opportunity, which is how a lot of things have happened in my experience and I'm so grateful every day for those just divine and just beautifully placed experiences. But anyways, real quick, just real quick, because I got way more coming up in this episode four. A delicious plethora of topics and stories, okay? But anyways, we did two shows in one day at the Vives Art Art Theater in Killeen, Texas. Two shows in one day, I felt like a real-ass actress. <laughs> and KZ Frazier Drama, like I showed you on the video, made this amazing uh, DVD, so we got to have a copy of this forever. I mean, it was one of the dopest things to happen to me in this life experience, and I'ma forever be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be grateful to Mrs. Carrie Ann Frazier for putting me on to that, for writing. Oh, oh, let me not forget. Not only did she put me on to play, but she wrote my role specifically for me and for that play. Cause Deborah wasn't even supposed to be there. Deborah wasn't even supposed to be there. Nobody's supposed to be here. Oh wait, my bad. <laughs> I got a little, you know, I got a little singing in me now. If you can hear in the background, this is all my music that's playing. And a couple instrumentals that are approved for the podcast, because you know you can't really play too much music unless you get the licensing. But there are some exceptions. There are some exceptions to the rule. I found a couple. But anyways, um, yes, I'll forever be grateful for that experience. That that shit was amazing. So, and if you guys get the chance and you want to see your girl act up a little bit, check out Tempest on Amazon Prime, and you can see me. (laughs) tripping, straight tripping. (laughs) My character was a trip. Oh, my gosh. And all the actors on that play are freaking ph- are phenomenal. And I really think that really not only is acting about the person, you know, the person being able to bring that character to life, but it's also about the director. I Like, when I tell people about my experience with that stage play, the stage play Tempest, like, the director and the writer, Miss Carrie and Fraser, is phenomenal. Like, she really know how to tell you, you know, boop-ba-ba-ba-ba. Tata, this is what you need to do, and I want you to act like, you know, she knows how to bring it, bring it. Because a lot of us were new to the stage, and then there were some people that uh, were on that play that have had so much experience. So, um, yeah, and I was one of the people that had never done anything like that before. So, yeah, it's really dope to see. It's a stage play that was is, is a movie, because she put it on uh, the director-writer put this on DVD, and then she went ahead and uploaded it to uh, Amazon Prom. I thought that was such a dope move, like seriously. That was, yes! That was a move right there. Anyway, jumping right into my lead story on episode four of Storytime with Naya Good. Let's Let's jump right in now. Now I got props for this story, just one prop. It's this dress right here, this dress is very significant to the story. Now, let me hurry up, because this is a long one, and I got so much stuff to talk about on episode four, right? Now, I moved to Atlanta a couple years ago, you know, because I wanted to, mainly, and because there was a lot of encouragement on the team that I had at the time. Teams sometimes shift sometimes, especially for those of us that are constantly evolving for better things in life. You might see some things shift a lot, especially with the people that you deal with, but anyways, a lot of encouragement from a couple people to be like, yeah, they're gonna lie here, yeah. And one of them was my producer friend. Yes, yes, my producer friend. He was really, really, really like, get your ass out here to Atlanta. It's a lot of shit that you can um, get into out here, you know. And I'm not going to say any names, except for that first episode where I slipped up when I was talking about our Major. But that's okay, y'all don't know him. <laughs> he ain't Googleable. But, um, I'm going to call this person Smiley. <laughs> Y'all got to watch the video version of my podcast because I be acting at. Also, side note, this is not one of my songs that are playing. I like to play my friend's music too, okay? If you got any you if you're my friend, if you got any music, I will play it on this podcast. This is the lovely Lola Day. This song is called B-O-O-T-Y. So damn sexy. I got permission to play this record, so. (laughs) You gotta get permission. But anyways, jump back right into this story now. Make sure y'all check that out on iTunes. It's called B-O-O-T-Y. Everybody likes to talk about booty. And and hear about booty, I guess. (laughs) But anyways. All right, so Smiley and I had known each other for a decade. Remember I told y'all guys I was in the military 10 years ago, and if I haven't told y'all that, um, yeah, I got a lot of hats now. I'm also a military, an army veteran. Me and Smiley had known each other for a decade, and we were also in the military together. I'm talking about we used to have roast sessions. Roast Roast sessions. Your girl got jokes. Only if I got it. Because I don't really like to talk shit about people too much. You know what I'm saying? Only if it's true and it's a true story. I'll never slander or talk crazy about people. But if the shit happened, the shit happened. I'm going to tell the story. But um, but I also can roast too if I really. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so we used to have roast sessions, deep discussions. He would play beats for me in his Chew in Iraq. And Chew is containerized housing unit. That's what we used to live in in Iraq when, when we was in the army. Those of us that live and choose. Anyways, um, we were part of, you know, in in, in the military, you got your group. You got your crew that you rock with. You got your crew. We were both part of the group that used to barbecue and hit the clubs and fight together. Yo, we used to get in some bras together. I'm talking about so many bras. But that's (laughs) that's another story for another time. We used to get it in. Um. We had never had a sexual relationship, all right? Because I'm sure some of the people that know who I'm talking about probably was like, oh, I'm sure they some fucked up. No, we ain't never. And go look at this video so you can see my face. Never, ever had a sexual relationship. Straight friends. Um, But anyways, and and, and something else that was crazy about how we ended up connecting (laughs) is that now he's a little bit older than me, right? My dad, whose name is David, um, and I'll, I'll call him David because you got to be dad to, to really get that title, right? But anyways, um, David, he was in David's unit in the Army. David joined the military like when I was like 14 or whatever, and so this per- uh, this person Smiley it was in his unit in the beginning, early beginning stages of the, you know their careers or whatever. It was crazy. Um, we later found that out. And I had to join the military yet because I'm I'm shit. I'm young. I'm younger. I'm 32, but at the time I was 18, 19 when I joined. So we found this out later. So yeah. Anyways, moving right along. By 2017. Smiley was recognizable in the hip-hop industry, especially here in Atlanta. Okay, he had invited me to a, a comped major music event in 2018, and after, shortly after that began mentioning moving to Atlanta and all that stuff. I mean, it was super dope, this, super, this music event. Really, really amazing. Not A3C, if that's what you're thinking about, or AC3, whatever it is. Anyways, um, about six months prior to me moving, he had convinced me to work for him for free, something he was good at and encouraged me to do as his executive assistant. Um, the work I did was setting up studio sessions, meetings, sending emails, uh, for example, to other executive assistants for collaborations with their bosses. Um, I found a photographer in London for an anniversary photo shoot with his wife and also had to find gifts and things for that situation too so i did that for several months you know real executive assistant shit uh you know and i was doing that for several months in uh uh, in texas and by august 2019 i was here because i started at the end of 2018 getting all that stuff together you know started working for him now he did end up donating about $50 to me one time during our business together. And again, I was okay with working for him for free at the time because I allowed our friendship to lead the way. You feel me? I allowed our friendship to lead the way 10 years. I mean, whatever, whatever. And he also mentioned for years, even prior to me even working for him. that he would produce a record for me. So I I mean, just, we always had that kind of, you know, friendship throughout the years. So yeah, unfortunately, due to the way things ended, that record never happens, even though I held my end of the bargain. (laughs) Anyways, when he came back from LA during that about two week stay with him and his wife in their house, as I looked for a place, And we went to the studio and I wore this dress right here. Y'all gonna have to get to that video on YouTube so you can see this dress. My nipples ended up becoming a major issue as it pertains to me wearing this dress. Now, this dress is a long olive colored maxi dress. It comes all the way down to my legs. Yes, it enunciates the curves, but it's a beautiful maxi dress. And with the type of halter top design, it's not really, you know, conducive to the outfit to wear a bra. and Plus, as women, we shouldn't have to always wear a bra just cause, you know, a few of us may have bigger nipples than the other, or whatever, whatever. Or the air hits our nipples a certain way and boom! (laughs) Headlights! (laughs) This dress was a problem. So everything shifted that day at the studio. At that studio, he made it seem like the dress and my nipples were just, just, listen, you gotta, that's not, you can't wear this kind of dress. And you know what else is crazy as I was writing out this podcast episode and re uh, you know uh, telling this story in my writing so I can have notes to follow. I realized I remembered that earlier that day, prior to this whole situation at the studio, in his kitchen, <laughs> I had mentioned something about David. Saying something inappropriate on the phone about my body pertaining to my nipples, because <laughs> that's the kind of man that that he is. Um, but that's another story, and uh, that only few people will you know really know about. As I choose not to saturate my platform with past traumas and wickedness from people, um, these are just stories of my experience, light stories that I'm completely you know cool about. I just think it's so interesting. But anyways. So I really don't know what the fuck Smiley was thinking about that day. I really don't know what the fuck he was thinking about that that day. Earlier that day I had just, you know, shared with him that David said some wild shit to me about my nipples and then less than less than 24 hours later Smiley does the same exact thing. So he said something, also in that meeting, he said something about T-Pain. He used this example. Well, what if T-Pain and his wife come to the studio? What you gonna do about that? And I remember thinking, is this motherfucking a real conversation? If T-Pain's wife comes into the studio, I'm gonna say hi, shake her hand. Hell, because most of the time, we like the wives more than anybody. I love Ludacris' wife, Adoxi. <laughs> she is dope, and I've actually met her. She's super dope, and I just, She's just dope. Okay. I, I just go look at her Instagram. But you know, I would've you know I would have chopped it up with her. And plus, as you can see in this video, this dress, I mean, it's it's there's no cleavage showing. It's really just the wind hit my breasts in a certain way and my nipples, you know, you know, started flashing and whatnot. <laughs> but um But yeah, I just thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I didn't know that the dress code, especially a maxi dress, was gonna mess things up, especially in this industry, where women be wearing all kind of shit and men be wearing all kind of shit. Pants sagging, it's just, uh, you know. But anyways, I had mentioned during this conversation that in a Me Too era, which was the big news of 2018, um, why would you even be saying something like this to me? It's just so inappropriate. It didn't even make any sense. It was senselessness. I also feel like he could have been worried that I wasn't going to find a place or something because I was having a challenging time finding a place when I first got here. Woo, child, it was crazy. So maybe he also started severing ties with no warning because of that. And I'm talking about he really was severing ties. He removed me from the calendar because I was setting up meetings and things through the you know, various calendars. Um, he moved me from the email and then the energy even shifted between him and his wife, which was just so crazy. I just, I couldn't believe that this shit was happening, you know, and I just got to Atlanta. I barely know anybody and now the people I'm rocking with over here changing up. It was just really, really crazy. Um, anyways. Eventually, like it, it's crazy how things work out. They started acting up a little bit too early, and then you know, I finally found a place, and then I got an even more huge blessing like an even bigger blessing financially, shortly after that, it was crazy. It was crazy, because I stayed focused and calm. I didn't allow myself to get so frustrated about all this stuff shifting. Because you're moving to a new city and you linking with people and they start shift, you know, it can kind of throw you off your balance because you wasn't expecting that. But the entire time I was like, let me just stay focused because I know this is just a challenge right here. This is something, this is a lesson. You know, am I gonna freak out or am I just gonna keep it pushing? And I chose to keep it pushing and because i kept it pushing during this two-week situation i was blessed exponentially anyways i just want to end this story by saying you know what else i hope i didn't miss anything else that was exponential I, I you know i when i left the house things were weird but i'm not going to get into that we eventually ended up running into each other and he had the audacity to ask me why didn't i contribute anything to you know the electricity bill or the water bill while i was staying with him for two weeks and I was astonished than a bitch that he said that to me after I had ne- been working for him for free for nearly like six seven months you know with the exception of that $50 so people are strange as fuck but um anyways I just want to end the story by saying nothing is a coincidence I am a firm believer that if you ask, you will be protected and safe and prevented from being in the midst of anything that isn't good for you. You just gotta gotta really decide to really see things instead of seeing the illusion of things, all right? (laughs) And that's my story, you know? I'm not gonna lie, I've been wanting to tell that story for a while because it was just so fucking bizarre how things happens, Um, and that's my story to tell. Um, and boom, there it is moving right along, (laughs) moving right along, guys. Let's get into this, this weather report. I like to do the weather report. I know this is a podcast, not a live broadcast. So by the time some of y'all listen to this podcast, this weather report, this weather will have shifted. But I just think it's so much fun just to you know just talk about what's going on in the around the country and some other places, and I feel like I, I make it fun. So whatever, rock with me with my weather report, all right? Also, I want to add, it's boxing season, guys. It's boxing season, and I do not mean Layla and Mike and Mayweather and all of them. I'm talking about these motherfucking mosquitoes and these motherfucking bugs and these motherfucking wasps. They airborne. Okay, I got into a fight a couple nights ago with a wasp, or was it was I think it might have been the rising time. I had my window open, and I'm vibing, meditating, here come a wasp, it's that season, so be on the lookout, all right? Get your hands ready, because they, they there, all right? Anyways, like I said, it's April 9th, Friday, so from this Friday, till next Friday, here in Atlanta at least, it's gonna be, it's getting hot out here it's getting hot out here okay today is about 70 or it's about 77 degrees but for the whole rest of the week from this friday till the next friday here on the week of april 9th it's gonna be it's gonna be from the 70s to the 80s a little fluctuation to 80s days but it's still in that 70s range right now and there's gonna be a couple rainy days here on wednesday and thursday possibly we'll see things could fluctuate But yes, um, yeah, I'm ready. I got my dresses ready, y'all. The summer gonna be lit. I'm, yes. I looked in my closet. I was like, shit. I got some. I'm I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna dress it. But um, okay. So in Miami, 79 degrees. You know Miami gonna stay lit. A couple rainy days on Sunday and Monday for this week of April 9th, Friday till April 16th. A couple days. You know, getting ready for 420 in a couple weeks, y'all. Don't forget, get your bag ready. <laughs> but yes, it's going to be warm in Miami per usual. Sunny skies except for those two rainy days on Sunday and Monday. Moving right along. Virginia Beach and New York are raining right now. And New York is 52 degrees. Oh, my God. It's still cold out there. And from this Friday to the next Friday, uh, from this Friday, April 9th to April 16th, um, it's going to be... Gonna be pretty rainy. 60s, low 50s. It's getting there, but it's cold out there in New York to me. Oh my gosh. And then they got all those buildings everywhere, so they barely have any sunlight as it is. Ugh. But, anyways, that's New York. Virginia Beach is raining, and I love Virginia Beach because my relatives and, you know, my beautiful grandmother, may she rest powerfully, and my beautiful brother, may he rest uh, powerfully. Um, they all, we, you know, we all from Virginia on that side. Even though I was born in Las Vegas. They from Virginia, so I claim that city too. It's raining out there from April 9th to April 16th. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty warm and then it's gonna get it's gonna the temperature's gonna drop um, towards Wednesday. So get sixty-six, not too low, but it might be humid too. So that might be a little the balance in it all. Okay, you know I always got to go to my beautiful city of Las Vegas so I can show y'all how Vegas do. How Vegas do! Okay, Las Vegas from this Friday to next Friday. Sunny! Sunny! Across the board. Sunny, sunny, sunny. 90s, 80s, 70s. Like I said, there's going to be a temperature drop in this week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So Vegas going to be C73 to 77 to 79. But that don't really mean shit in Vegas because the sun is always shining. Oh, Vegas is just a hidden gem, y'all, a hidden gem. That's why when people be like, I've never met people from Vegas, that's because they don't leave. They got weather, they got mountains, they got water over there somewhere. They got shit, they got, you know, casinos. They got nature resorts. My god sister and her family always camping. They got campsites. I mean, Vegas got everything you need. Make me want to move back. Okay, now we're gonna go to Africa, or Comets for those that know, if you know, you know. Accra, Ghana, 84 degrees. It's going to be 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90 90 in Ghana. So if you go to Ghana and you get that test and you go to Ghana and you travel over there, it's going to be warm, baby. It's going to be warm. It's lit. It's sunny. Like I said, I'm not subscribing to vaccines and tests, so I might not be able to go nowhere internationally until... Everything balances out, and everything restores, and everything revitalizes. Cause it's not gonna go back to normal, but it will be revitalized, and things are gonna, and things will shift towards, you know, easier experience here. Cause uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not manifesting none of this. We gotta have a vaccine card everywhere. Fuck all that. <laughs> we ain't doing that. That nah. So. You know, for those of you that know, let's continue to manifest in the direction of free will, I Anyway, so that's my weather report. Real quick, you know, like I said, when y'all listen to it, it might not even be, this shit ain't even going, it's going to have to change, but I love weather. And like I said, uh, here in Atlanta, you never know what's happening. Like right now, it's it's it's, it's partially Gotham City-ish. It's a little cloudy, you know, it's, it's trying to do something, but I think, like I said, Mother Nature... She fighting back against this climate change, a.k.a. the sun getting hotter, getting ready to burn some shit that, you know, probably not supposed to exist no more. If you know, you know. All right, so moving right along. <laughs> moving right along, guys. My To my debunking the breakfast club and or pop culture segment actually debunking the Breakfast Club and something in pop culture segment. You know, we're always getting some of y'all that be you know tuned into the news heavily and tuned into pop culture and the media heavily. All right, that's cool. I'm here to just debunk some shit that they said that they fucked up at, okay? <laughs> where they, fu- I'm, I'm gonna show you where they fucked up at. For example, on Angela's, on Angela Yee's rumor report here recently, I mean tumor report, on Monday, about Kodak Black, Kodak Black's uh, bodyguard being shot, which is, I guess, information the world just desperately needed to know. She also superfluously mentions that Kevin Hart bought a new car, <laughs> and so obviously, the, the, here's my 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 issue with all of that. First of all, I don't. I mean, I, you know, whatever. I don't know Kodak Black, nor do I know his bodyguard. So why are you telling me that shit? <laughs> Does it fucking, why, Angela? And then, (laughs) and then, why do we always have to know about the various purchases celebrities make? (gasps) Okay, so guess what, guys? Kevin Hart, he bought a new (laughs) guy! Because I was just dying to hear about that. And it's not that I'm mad. But I don't, what that guy, is it? I mean, what am I gonna do, what should I do with that information? Have y'all ever wondered why certain outlets and these entertainment websites, TV shows, and oh my God, these entertainment reporters and everybody can't wait to tell us why somebody bought something or who bought something or who got a new this and that? I don't give a shit, honestly. You could've filled that space with something else, Angela, but I I guess, um, (laughs) I guess. And then, finally, in my debunking of The Breakfast Club, Uncle Charlotte sometimes, you know, man, I mean, I'm trying to tell you, he'd just be saying, wow, shit, you got to, and I do this segment for a reason. Because a lot of times when people are popular or when people are, oh, my God, on Beyonce status, people see nothing wrong with anything they do. They could, they could, (laughs) I was going to use a wild-ass example, but I'm not. They could, they could rob a bank and they'll figure out a way to justify the shit. Well, maybe the bank needed Beyonce energy, you know, some shit, you know. (laughs) They'll figure out a way. But you know, Sean is a disappointment. He said he came his ass all the way here to Atlanta and saw the line at Slutty Vegan and chose not to stand in the line. Now you could do whatever you want to do. I'm all about everybody making choices about their experience. You control your experience, nothing else, okay? But, (laughs) Why the fuck he couldn't stand on the line? Just stand there, bruh. It's okay. It's okay. It's just a little bit of a lie. It's an experience. Yeah, he act like he ain't never stood in the line before. Then he gonna say, who goes to Atlanta not to eat meat? Now, I don't really like him too much, so I think that that shit was fucked up. Maybe other people thought it was a joke, but I, I mean, whatever. It's subjective. <laughs> I think it was a stupid thing to say. Um, Charlotte just... Get your ass out of here. and uh, It's just unproductive conversation with his slut ass. Just <laughs> unproductive conversation. <laughs> Go get slutified and shut up. Stop playing, Sharla. Talking about he can't stand in no line. Anyways, I just wanted to debunk the Breakfast Club. They just be doing wild shit to me on their on they platform when there's so many other things that could be discussed and this is the shit that they be doing. You know, okay. Anyways, that that's that segues me right to... um. Oh wait, no, I have more in debunking uh, of pop culture, something that is exciting. I'm gonna figure out a whole new title for that. Um, But I want it to be centered around me debunking something in one of the biggest platforms that people go to to listen to, uh, you know, black stuff about, you know what I'm saying? So that's why this is imperative for me to talk about it. But, you know, hey. Now, uh, in other news, um, like I told y'all in Episode 3, I, my one of my favorite shows on television is MTV's The Challenge, so I'm going to start incorporating that when their seasons are on, I'm going to start incorporating that because I've always wanted to talk about this show. Like I said, I've been watching it for 20 years, I was 12 years old when I first watched Real World New, Real World New Orleans, um, the one with Melissa, uh, <laughs> and then I started watching The Challenge, so I love, love, love this show. So I just wanna put y'all in on it, to tune y'all into it if y'all ain't already watching. Cam! If y'all ain't watching the show, Killer Cam is just my hero. She is my hero on the challenge. She just is out here doing her thing. She's smart. (laughs) She's she intelligent? She's physically fit. She's emotionally intelligent. She's just a dope woman. And like I said, I've not seen anything quite like her on the challenge in my 20 years of watching it. Except for Coral back in the day. But Coral was still really aggressive. She was still really aggressive. Not saying Cam not. But with great aggressiveness comes great emotional intelligence. And so, um, you know, Cam is just out here just really just showing... You know, MTV's the challenge viewers that, oh yeah, uh, 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 we got this too. We got this too. And I'm so excited by her because there's been some dope black women in the past on that show. But like I said, with great aggressiveness comes great emotional intelligence. And that was some of their downfall in the past just getting angry about some shit and going off. um but yeah so she's doing her thing she's gonna win this challenge the the season finale is probably coming up here in the next couple of weeks i really hope she wins this challenge i feel like she did and if she did i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna cry because every time i be seeing Cam perform i really do get a little emotional i'm not gonna lie 20 years watching the show so just feel me on this trust me on this okay also So, I'm just going to talk about this last episode on the challenge. MTV's The Challenge, Double Agents. A few things. If you watch, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, tune in because this shit crazy. I am absolutely shocked at how Amber B allowed that little simple math problem to cause her to freak the fuck out for what seems like 45 minutes. Now, I understand anxiety around math. I was not... When I was a kid, I used to want to fight my math teachers. Oh my God, I hated math. But it turns out I actually love numbers. So as a child, if I would have incorporated my love of numbers into it versus my hatred of math, then I probably would have not been as, you know, angry. (laughs) But she grown. So I'm not quite sure what the fuck happened. But if y'all go back and watch this latest episode, it's April 9th. So watch the episode that happened the week of April 9th she amber i mean she's so dope but that math problem really fucked her up it was 928 times seven all right now 928 times seven i'm not gonna do a math problem but just you got to carry it it's when you do that cross multiplication You got to, you got to remember the number that you dropped down and then carry it. I understand, but you got to, listen, (laughs) this is why it's called the challenge because not only is it physically challenged, but it's also emotionally intelligent. You know, you're, it challenges, it challenges you in every area that you could possibly think of. Seriously. This is why the show has been on for so long, but yes, 928 times seven freaked her the fuck out now. Also, remember I told you on episode three about Fessy? <sighs> Fessy says he didn't he didn't want to have to live uh, leave fate in Amber's hands. Amber, the one that couldn't get the math problem, right? And it turns out he ended up doing it because, again, Fessy is too cocky. You got to calm down. The only person that has really truly mastered the challenge off of only season one or two is some of the challengers of the days past. But Cam! Okay, she blew my mind. She came in the challenge one, two seasons and then she figured it out. Fessy's letting his cockiness lead or whatever, whatever. And he needs to really study first before he think he got it. I know he was on Big Brother, but this is the challenge, baby. And so he said, right before he, right right after he said, I don't want to leave fate in Amber's hands, he went ahead and he left Amber. Didn't even talk to her about maybe seeing how they could come together and figure out how to actually, you know, win. He just, uh-uh, I'm going to go ahead. You know, he he's six foot eight. He don't give a fuck about people's opinions. He do what he want to do. <laughs> so, so, and then that fucked him up. So... Uh, you know, you know, Amber couldn't figure out the math problem. His partner, he he lost. Y'all gonna have to watch the episode. I ain't gonna go down. I just want to point out where they fucked up at. <laughs> and I just want to say, I think that he think he the new CT, but he might be the new Zach. Like I said, if you're familiar with the show, you know about Zach, <laughs> somebody else who's over six five. Think he should be making some of the stupidest decisions ever. You know, them big dudes feel like they unteachable. I knew a big dude once. Hmm. I might have mentioned him in episode one or two. Shit. <laughs> okay, just two big dudes that do not see value. You know, Zach and, 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 and Fessy remind me of two men that just don't see value in women at all. So they just make decisions, leaving their women and partners out. Zach, all his seasons ago, and Fessy now. So you're not the new CT, baby. You the new you, you, you're the new Zach, boo. Um, but yes. Yeah, y'all gotta watch the show, man. I'm not gonna get too much into it. I mean, Cam and Leroy are just, and they're the power couple of the season. There's always a power couple. And Leroy talking about this gonna be his last season. I'm just like, no, because we need Leroy's commentary. The only other person on this show that has phenomenal commentary is Johnny Bananas. I'm not gonna lie. His commentary is phenomenal. I don't even really like Bananas too much. (laughs) Uh, But he's gotten more likable over the years. But his commentary is unmatched. Um, and and Leroy is is you know bananas is unmatched, but Leroy got his own way of just <laughs> just you know having some phenomenal uh, uh, confessionals and commentary. I'm here for it all the way. Here for it. Um, but yeah, Cam got this, y'all. Y'all gotta watch this show. If Cam win. I'm finna fucking have all kind of fucking confetti and shit around here. Because, um, like I said, I have not seen a black woman win the challenge since I think the Corals, like years ago, so. Let's go Cam! Alright, so that's it for my debunking the breakfast club and just talking about a few things in pop culture, television and things. Um, let me make a couple announcements. Um www.niagood.com guys that's where you can find all my content um you know my the goodie jar blog that i've been writing for several years now um which is a plethora of delicious topics in my writing form i have topics from you know about my va experiences to uh, 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 black women's hair to um, all kind of things. It's a plethora of delicious topics. So check out my writing. Um, the Sensual Mini Series is my erotic stories that I wrote last uh, in 2020. Um, check that out. I also have narrated some of my blogs and stories that are available on YouTube. The entire Sensual Mini Series erotic. Stories are, the, the four parts erotic miniseries is available also in narrated form and all the articles that I've written as of 2021 are narrated. I didn't go back and narrate all of my articles but I might be doing some Throwback Thursday, uh, Throwback Thursday articles soon. And so with those, I will provide some narration. Um, also, like I said, I have a, some music coming out. I actually just released another song that's coming out here in the next couple of days called Blow Your Mind, Be On The Lookout. I got Feather available on all platforms and Shut Up available on all platforms. So check my music out on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, everywhere where you can get music at. All right? I also am providing professional proofreading services. So if you need somebody and you, you don't want to edit your shit, I got you, boo. <laughs> I got you. Just... Go to www, uh, www.niagate.com and let me know. I got what you need now. Um, like I said, I'm a brand ambassador for Slutty Vegan. I love Slutty Vegan. That's why when Charlotte was talking that shit earlier, I had to, you know, I had to say something. But um, I, you know, when you're out here in Atlanta, you need to be checking out all the Slutty Vegan locations. Mind you, this is not a requirement for my ambassadorship. I just do this on my own because I absolutely love Pinky Cole and the Slutty Vegan brand. I've been here since the trenches, okay? When she had just the RDA location, I would go up there with my chair camp out and get my burger. Now that she's expanded, I hardly ever have to wait because I could just go to the other locations. I'm so excited and grateful. She also has Bar Vegan over there at Pond City Market with those vegan Philly cheesesteaks that are just mm, delicioso, muy delicioso. So check out Slutty Vegan here in Atlanta, y'all. And like I always emphasize on every episode, go to Instagram, check out the menu prior to going to Slutty Vegan so you can see what's going on because they rotate, ooh, They rotate their menus frequently, okay? And you want to make sure that they got what you want. All right? Also, (laughs) in vaccine news, (laughs) in virus news, yo, this shit crazy out here. I just, listen, because, ooh. Child. Sometimes I be want to say, "Are you stupid?" But I'm not gonna do that, cause you know I don't need them. I don't want to be out here starting no shit. So now I just be laughing every time I see some wild mask, shit, or I hear some wild virus vaccine, shit, or some shit. Okay, uh, these people in their masks and these people and their fucking vaccine shot selfies. This shit crazy to me. Let me just laugh for a minute. <laughs> Y'all crack me up. No, y'all crack me up for real. Okay. Okay, people just, oh, when they outside putting a mask on outside, fastidious. Shut up. Relax and build your immune system. Your scary ass putting mask on. That mask ain't gonna do shit for you. You know what's gonna do shit for shit. Your immune system. Okay? It's so fascinating to hear the conversations about the poison that people are injecting into themselves called a the vaccine. You ain't gotta agree with me. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to speak, what I, I'm going to say what I want to say, all right? <laughs> I'm at my fave coffee shop and someone outside asked, how was it? How was it? <laughs> Talking about the vaccine. The vaxxer says, oh, it was easy. No shit. It's a shot. <laughs> Come on. What kind of conversation is this? A society that is 90% filled with like crazy people, idiots who don't even choose a thing. Oh, Yes. Some of y'all are definitely idiots. Talk about some damn. How was it? How was it? It's a shot. (laughs) All right, y'all crazy. Now, all right, I just wanted to touch on that. I ain't going to get too deep. Listen, use your logic. Follow the logic and use good judgment, all right? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. When I was in the military, they told me I needed to get the smallpox shot. I said, I'm not getting a smallpox shot. And I still went to Iraq. So, (laughs) you got choices. Even people in the military have to raise their right hand and respect the rank. And don't be, you know, and follow the rules. We got, we could break some of them too. Stop playing with me, (laughs) y'all. Do what you want to do. You have free will. Don't you ever fucking forget it. Okay. Also, I just want to emphasize saging and smudging real quick. I love a good sage, y'all. Okay. I love a good sage, and I smudge the shit out of some shit. (laughs) I'm not playing. Open them windows, too. All right? Open them windows. People be sage without opening them windows and opening them doors. Make sure you open them windows and doors when you out here sage. Now. now, do your research because this is not the, I'm not the teacher channel. I, this is a plethora of direct, uh, uh, delicious topics and stories. But I, what I will do is tell you where you can go find the information. Research. There's of books out here about sage and smudging. You know, but it definitely clears out unwanted energy. Um, okay, and it's good to sage yourself too. Good to sage yourself, peoples and places and areas. Um, the aroma and the smoke is just so therapeutic and healing. Um, it really will clear out some wicked shit. If you got a lot of chaos and weird energy and vibes in your, in your home or, or anywhere, the shit will clear it out. Trust me on this. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, but on the fun side of saging, <laughs> when I sage my space, I also sage my yoni. <laughs> Not because I have unwanted energy there. Because my yoni is healthy and tasty. But it feels good. And I feel like it's like a quick little Yoni steam. I don't know. Maybe this is weird. <laughs> Talking about sage in your vagina. but um, And I guess if you do have unwanted energy around your vagina, just let the sage just, just swirl around that motherfucker. Okay? <laughs> maybe that'll help. Um, but it's for me in my vagina. I do it just because it feels good. I like the way the smoke fits. <laughs> and the way the warmth feels. Um Yeah, and, and and maybe some men could benefit from sage and y'all penises too. Like I said, sage got a lot of benefits. Um and so I just was I was doing it the other day and I was like, I'm finna talk about this. <laughs> But um, yeah. Hey, sage your yoni. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Also, let the sun hit your yoni sometimes too, ladies. Yoni is a Sanskrit word for a pussy, vagina. Um, I like to say yoni, you know, you know, because I I like the words. It's something different. They got eggs for the yoni too. You can put your anyways, if you know, you know. If you don't, get into it. But um, yes, let that sunlight hit your yoni too. I swear. Sometimes when I'm meditating, the way the sun hits my window. Whew, I just, I just let my owny get a little sunshine too. Sure, you know, spread the love, spread the love. Anyways, <laughs> yes, do that, ladies. It's fine, it's fine. Anyways, all right. Jumping right in, spiritual message of the episode. All right. My question is, is you know, do you know the difference? between someone being friendly or someone who's actually your friend. You resonate with that. Think about that. Cause some people are just being friendly. They're not meant to be hearing your experience forever. People be attached to certain things, people and places. First of all, be attached to yourself first. And then connect with others, you know, as you so please. But don't ever get too, 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 too. Cause people, and when it's time to shift, they either going to shift or you going to shift. So, you got to keep it pushing. But know the difference between someone being friendly and someone who's actually here to stay forever. You know, and really be good for you and healthy in your experience. Also, another message that I am, you know, going to, you know, repeat again on this, this episode. I, I talked about this briefly on episode three. We can and we will heal. Okay. By any means necessary. So many things by any means necessary, but let's make healing happen by any means necessary, okay? Um, episode three, I talked about how the black community is incessantly regurgitating black race trauma. And we it really needs to cease and desist at this point. That is the one thing that our, our mental health warrior and our juice our juice bar owners of The Breakfast Club do not emphasize how the black community is gonna heal from all this race trauma. What we do know as far as laws of attraction and manifesting greatness and abundance in your life is concerned is that if you're not constantly healing things or trying to actively heal things and release these things and if you keep your attention focused on something that don't make you feel good, that shit gonna continue to manifest too. Repeat that. Run that shit back 15 seconds, what I just said when y'all hear this podcast, okay? So how in the hell is constantly reactivating trauma because the media is putting something out about racism or something, helping our community black people? We gotta heal this race trauma shit, okay? We really do, We no, no, no. We always talk about coming together and some shit. Coming together to do what? I'll tell you what we can come together to do, heal. And we ain't got to really come together in, in, a, in, a, in a meeting room and do that. We just need to heal. like. And it almost might require just ignoring this shit. Yes, we know. But hey, what we going to do? Keep regurgitating the same old stories and keep focusing our attention every time we get to a healing place. Boom. Trauma is reactivated. Race trauma is reactivated. Okay? We must move forward with healing all areas of our experiences and move towards a more righteous and abundant state of mind. And righteousness ain't got shit to do with religion only, shit, it ain't shit. Righteousness is just living a healthy, loving, nurturing life, you know, being good to people and shit. You know, sure, there's going to be ebb and flow, but just ultimately being good to yourself and being good to people and just living your life and having a good time in this life experience. I keep saying, people did not come here to just be angry and unhappy and, 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 and constantly you know, uh, uh, being distracted by things that are not going to be conducive to your life experience. So we got to try to heal everything, not just childhood trauma, not just workplace trauma, not just relationship trauma, but on a bigger scale, especially within the ma- black community, this race trauma. And I don't even like to say especially because every time black people in the community talk about especially is something negative, especially, da, da, da. And in this case, it's not necessarily negative, but our community really needs to heal this race trauma. We got to, each of you need to figure out a way that as soon as some race trauma shit come into the experience or the media tries to reactivate the trauma, think of something that's healing. Think of something that's positive happening in the race. Like, oh, shit, black people out here building businesses and empires on a massive level. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Every time I'm on Instagram, I see a black person posting they LLC. Okay, that's some good shit. So, when black race trauma is reactivated in mass media, find a way to immediately think of something good. We don't have to spend hours on some traumatic shit. You do know this, right? That's a choice. That shit ain't doing nothing for nobody. And just because you choose to ignore that shit does not mean you're a bad person. It just means you're just not trying to put your attention on that situation. One of my spiritual advisors, I, I like to keep some of them private, so I'm not gonna put her name out there, but you know, she said something the other day that you paying attention is a real last thing. You are paying, giving your attention away. <laughs> you making it rain. <laughs> you giving your attention away, to shit that ain't even good, you don't even like that shit. So why even be focused on it? I'm just saying. <sighs> you gotta heal. And and we can and we will heal, Ashe, all right? Now, we almost hitting the 50 minute mark now. All right? I knew it was gonna be a longer episode, please. Y'all, my last episode three, I didn't have a video for because I accidentally deleted it. So, woo, I am wishing that everything goes well with me uploading this video. I'm gonna upgrade my recording system so I don't have to run into any more problems right now. I'm gonna just, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to use this method. I know, I know. Path of least resistance would be to just go ahead and fix the camera situation. But I will. That's why you didn't have a video this last episode. I had to keep it pushing because if I would allow myself to get angry <laughs> about the fact that I had just deleted that whole video, yeah, I was going to you know, focus my attention on that for the rest of the, ep- uh, the day. And I didn't want to do that. So I had to literally just All right, discard that error. Anyways, in the must-read segment today, and I'm gonna be try to be brief. Um, this is about the music industry. Um, the music industry is a psychotic place. It's crazy. <laughs> it has its ups and downs, its ebbs and flows. Um, if you choose to really, really, really get in that bitch, do it. Right. And if you don't, you know, and you choose to stay indie, hey. like I said, everybody got choices. Um, and as you heard, from, as you heard from my story that I started off with this uh, podcast, yeah, shit could be interesting and the industry, so this is why you must have a solid and genuine team in place. To all my musicians out there, if you don't already have this book, all you need to know about the music, Business, written by Donald S. S. Passman, get into it, get this book, have it on your bookshelf, all right? I'm gonna read a quick passage from this. He actually talks about how to pick a team. So Donald Passman starts off this passage of this book uh, uh, saying, who's on first? The first person on your team is almost always a manager or a lawyer. In your baby stages, the manager is not likely to be someone in the business. It's more likely a friend or a relative with a lot of enthusiasm. And while this can be a major plus, as we'll discuss in more detail when we talk about managers on page 28, it may or may not get your music to the record companies. So if you have an inexperienced manager, or if you have no manager at all, an industry lawyer can really help. Record companies prefer to deal with people they know, so your music will get heard much faster and by more important people if it's submitted by an industry lawyer. It's much easier to get a music lawyer than a manager okay why because that the time required of a lawyer is minimal compared to the time a manager has to default the manager is expected to help you with songs image bookings babysitting (laughs) for those that need to be babysat but the lawyer only has to spend a few hours getting people to check out your music it's the lawyer's relationships not their time that count a word of caution about hiring a lawyer to shop your music most of the lawyers consider it important to maintain their credibility credibility with the record companies and thus will only shop artists they really believe in unfortunately there are a few who will shop anything that walks in the door as long as they get paid a fee being shot by one of these sleazoids is no better than sending the music yourself, and maybe worse, because the record companies know these lawyers don't screen out any of the garbage, so their clients' music goes to the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. To prevent your music from being thrown out with the tuna cans, you should carefully check out the references of any lawyer you're thinking of using. Ask them for the names of people whose music they've shopped, both successfully and unsuccessfully, so they don't just give you the few success stories that slip through the cracks. Then call up the references and find out how it went. You can also check around other industry sources to see who's legit. You'll, of course, need a lawyer and manager, even if you don't go the record company routes. And the criteria for hiring them, which we'll discuss in the next chapters, is exactly the same. So, yeah, real quick, that was just all you need to know about the music business. A little uh, passage from his hiring or how to pick a team chapter, I'm sorry. So... Yes, definitely have this book in your arsenal if you are an artist. Now this is Donald S. Passman's version. He's a lawyer, obviously. Um, I also have a book called The Beat Game, which is a book that uh, the producer from my story earlier in this podcast recommended. And now this book is written by Darrell Digger Branch. I also recommend this book to all my musicians out there. This is a good book to have. Darrell Digger has, you know, uh, produced for some of your favorite people. Um, you know, the Jay-Zs and the Beyonce's and the Jennifer Lopez and the, you know, Cam Rons. He's produced for them. So this is his version. Um, the hip-hop, the actual producer, and then the lawyer. And he also talks about a dream team, okay? the key players that will help you along the path to success. In 1985, wrestlers Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine of the World Wrestling Federation, now known as WWE, joined forces as a, as a tag team at the height of their success. The United States assembled a basketball team with some of the best NBA players, such as Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird, to compete in the 1992 World Olympics. O.J. Simpson hired a high-profile team of attorneys to defend him in his 1995 murder case. (laughs) What do these teams have in common? All of these teams were called the Dream Team. They were assembled with either top athletes or the best individuals capable of working together to achieve success and to secure a win. As the producer and leader of your own business, you will quickly realize how challenging and time-consuming the work can be. To alleviate the workload of your responsibilities is why you need to surround yourself with a team of individuals who can effectively manage the areas you lack expertise in. Most musical dream teams should consist of four members, an attorney, manager, accountant, and close friend. These members are the key players that will help you along the path of success. They should share your entrepreneurial drive, and vision to increase business opportunities. Selecting members of your dream team will take serious thought and consideration. They will help guide your future actions and decision making throughout your year. If you have, I'm sorry, throughout your career. (laughs) If you have a close friend who has a level head and isn't close to the business, try getting their honest opinion on situations or issues concerning your career. He or she may have good insight on what type of members should be on the team. A close friend should also be a good judge of character. I shake. Yes, yes. These two books, my musician people, get them. If you like to read, they can help you really, really, you know, you know, on a literary level. <laughs> Understand the industry. It ain't all about your jewelry and your hard-ass lyrics and whatnot. All right? That was my must-read segment. If you have been following this podcast, Storytime with Night Good, you know I like to read, you know, some passages from some books during my story time. Now, next episode I'm going to do a non- I'm going to do a fiction book because the last couple of episodes I've been doing some really informative non-fiction books, you know. So, yeah. All right, moving right along, guys. Thank you for rocking with me. I love you guys so much for listening. <sighs> I love it. I love it. I love it. This was such a dope idea. All right. So, For my other random topic of this podcast, I'm realizing some men could really be toxic because they are suffering from PTSD from really toxic women of their past, okay? Now how those women got toxic is another story, but some men are suffering. Um, Yes, men definitely gotta take some responsibility for some of the shit that they've done, but and these bullshit patriarchy tricking women out of their femininity you know by saying that they should submit to a a a power in their relationship which doesn't make any sense but um yeah but right now i'm talking about these toxic women and some of these toxic women of these men's past or of their current experience got some of these men hallucinating okay i was hanging out with my aquarius friend the other day and i mean out of nowhere he thought i had called him a bitch. The words had not come out of my mouth at all. Nothing near like it. I, I don't even know how he heard it. <laughs> and that's when I realized some of these men be hallucinating too. I don't know. I don't know what happened in their relationships before. But, yo, chill. Okay, like, you know, y'all got to heal some of that shit. And like I said, men are the some of the – They some men don't really, you know – get into the mental health of healing things and that's something that they got to figure out makes them comfortable whatever makes them comfortable on how to figure out how to heal some of the things that affect them they need to get into that because I mean he just would you call me a bitch I was like no I didn't call you a bitch that's crazy where did you get that from just hallucinating so um yeah you know on all levels there have been toxicity in our experiences in these relationships and uh, we got to heal those things so that we not you know, dragging that shit into a new experience or hallucinating or hearing shit. Cause yeah, we, we, uh, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Just relax, everybody relax, everybody relax. But that's just my random topic. You know, I always keep my random topic kind of brief. Like, yeah, I thought that was interesting. If you guys know any men that have been hallucinating or they've had an experience where they just, somebody in their relationship or you've had an experience with somebody they just start get to acting weird, it could be because they have PTSD from a past relationship. So, you know, hopefully they get that shit together because it's not a good look to, um, you know, (laughs) be hearing shit in in your experiences, especially if nothing like that happens, you know? That was crazy to me. That's why we just friends. <laughs> I recognized early on that hey, he might just be the friend type. Uh, but anyways, I'm right. So now we're towards the end of my show. Story time at night good. Once you hear my music come back, especially towards the end, that means we are moving right along. Um, On this season of Storytime with Naya Good, I have been talking about normalizing a bunch of new shit. You know? Let's normalize some new things. And so, On my last episode, now this is, you know, where I'm kind of reiterating something, not necessarily regurgitating, but on my last episode, episode three, I mentioned how women need to remember and include themselves in the power structure. Let me say that again, women need to remember and include themselves in the power structure on all levels, okay? And so today, let's talk about normalizing women in divinity i mean like i said on my last episode it's astonishing to me how women just leave themselves out of the <laughs> out of divinity and what i mean by that is just exalting the god energy is only masculine okay you know uh uh the father the son and the holy ghost what the fuck is that shit about do y'all understand how senseless that is Sounds, it sounds weird to me, and when I was coming out of religion, it always sounded, it, that's when it really started to sound weird to me, about 10 years ago. Mother, father, and child sounds about right. Doesn't it take mother and father to create life, and to create, and to, you know, do that, that thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen, gods and goddesses, mothers and fathers let's um ladies and gentlemen ladies especially you uh uh let's not only uh uh tap into our feminine energy but let's exalt that feminine feminine energy into the powerful place that it should be on the throne um there is no just he it ain't about him it's about him and her she and he man and woman okay Okay, some of y'all, even lesbians, be out here talking about, yeah, God, he and him. I mean, (laughs) I mean, come on now. In my opinion, let's normalize including women in all areas of power, including divinity. If you are religious, I want you to think about how you just, as a woman, if you're a religious woman, you know, how do you just, and even some of the spiritual women out here still, you know, how do you just leave yourself out of divinity and just talk about him, 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 him? <laughs> it's crazy to me, it's absurd. Like I say always, the comments are open. Storytime with Nia Good now has its own Instagram page. If y'all got any thoughts or you know about anything that I've talked about on this episode, leave a comment. I'm always looking at them. Like I say all the time, don't get crazy, but definitely tell me what you think, okay? There's comment sections on all places where this podcast is streaming. I want to hear your thoughts um and yes thank you for rocking with me this episode um episode four story time with naya good a plethora of delicious you know topics and stories um yeah i appreciate you for listening i love you so much like share follow me on all platforms and yes i will see you next time with episode five of Storytime with Naya Good. Peace.